Coming from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back to the show. Diane Arnold joining us here once again from the Family Collective. Always a pleasure seeing you. How are you today? Great, Jill. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. I am Diane Arnold. I am with the Family Collective, and we are a nonprofit that helps um, relationships overall. So if you have questions regarding being thinking about getting married or being married and dealing with your relationship, um, we are there for you. We have a ton of resources. Beautiful. How do we find you? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question, right? www.thefamilycollective.co. So thefamilycollective.co. You can go to our website and that will lead you to um, all the online groups and the online materials and a bunch of articles that may help you with awesome. something you have going on. Everything from give us some examples of the stuff that you help with. Yeah. So um, online, there is an entire premarital course um, that you can do, have a workbook and do as a group or do um, by yourself. You knew your, you and your um, fiance, um, I think it's an eight or 12 week sessions. And then there's the same thing for marriage. Um, there are online groups that you can join. There's an, one starting up in August. Um, and a lot of people like that for community. They just, you know, sometimes it gets very isolated out there. So you're struggling with communication with a relationship. And it's it's great for the information. But I, I would say a lot of the couples, when they sign up, they're saying, you know, I just need someone to walk this out with me. You know, we've run into this wall or, and the more vulnerable the couples get, and I'm not saying you have to be to get on there, but when they do, you know, they're really getting, you know, help from the other, uh, we sit back and do not as much work as the other couples invest in each other. I have had them stay after when they find out they're in the same community community and say, Hey, you know, I'll help with your kids, mm -hmm. you know, so that you guys can do a date night or something like that. And then we do, um, relationship work for individuals. So, um, there's a lot of materials on that. And we have just, um, been signed to do a book with a publishing company, um, on, you know, dealing with mental health and, and healing and healing who you are basically so that you can, you know, step into this next season in a much healthier way. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. What did you want to talk about today? As always, I know it's always enlightening for us. Yeah. Well, uh, first I was going to ask you, what have you been up to? Well, kids are home for summer, right? So okay. uh, they have, they're not in camp of any sort. Uh, so they've been taking advantage of the new pool. We got a pool. So that's exciting oh, for nice. the kids. Uh, other than that, it's been the, the, 
the the same old with kids. Nothing much. Sports and we got football started. Uh, we're going to Great Wolf Lodge in Maryland next week. We're going to drive down from New York and try a different one out. So a um, little more vacation time. So yeah, things have been pretty good. Just I just the summer's blowing through though. Yeah, and like back to school already. It's like oh no, I got to do shopping. I know everybody's already getting the ads and everything. That needs to be a whole podcast in itself. How do you deal with the stress of back to school and the change, you know, what that's going to look like? So many people stayed home for a while, you know, now it's, you know, back to the reality of having to go back to the classrooms. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I love the Great Wolf Lodge. We've only, we went once with the kids. That was which, fun. Which location? We were in, I think it was North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, they're all over the place. There's one in Pennsylvania that we go to often. It's about uh, two two hours away, but there's a new one that just just opened up in Perryville, Maryland. It opened up in June, so I'm yeah. like, it's a four and a half hour drive. Let's try it. <laughs> that's good. I bet the kids love it. That water park is amazing there. Yeah, so that's exciting. What have you been doing? Well, we're we've been in Minnesota, nice. um, doing a little bit cooler weather and. Um, Working from here, same thing, but different location, but it's been kind of nice to have a little change. It's been very hot where I am, oh. so, so it's very, been been great. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, dealing with communication, especially with your partner and how to make that a little, um, you know, we live together sometimes, but we're not really together. If that makes sense to you, you know, we, we don't touch base with each other. We really don't feel like we're invested. I mean, this happens to me in my own marriage. So it's got to happen. <laughs> if if it hasn't happened to anyone else out there, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm only speaking to myself, but you know, um, it's sometimes difficult to stay connected. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I hear you. <laughs> you hear me? Yeah. Well, what are some, I would love if this was like an open mic and people could tell me some of the things that they've tried, but what is it? What are the, some of the things that work for you when you're trying to stay connected? It's uh, <sighs> breathing. <laughs> and my son is six and he does this thing with me. We go. Yeah. Yeah. And he's six. I guess they do like yoga in school, I guess, like yeah. for a little bit, like pre-K and then kindergarten. So we go in through the nose, out through the mouth. Um, breathe. Yeah, because um, yeah, I'm kind of a worry ward. I'm anxious. I'm all over the place. But the, the breathing does kind of slow me down a little bit. And that's great. Yep. That's, that's, that's kind of it. What else do people do? Tell me, how, how do you <laughs> keep sane? <laughs> well, I so... Um, funny but you know when you've been married as long as I have and it wasn't it wasn't all easy so to remember to put some of these basic things back in to a relationship um, we call it the five magic hours Uh, John Gottman uh, kind of established this um, many many years ago and it's just to do some basics to remember you know to connect because it's it's easier to connect. I always say it's easier to connect to the kids because they'll let you know. I mean, they're calling your name, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they tell you, but you sometimes won't tell your partner. 
you know, where I'm feeling some distance, you know, I'm missing you. So the first one is partings. So we we say to be intentional about either when you're waking up in the morning, you know, you you look at the person next to you in bed and yeah, thank you, you're alive. <laughs> We're here, you know, and we're going to say, you know, good morning and uh, remember that most likely we're separating. And I, I always say, you know, have a, even it's a, a rote question, you know, is there something big going to happen for you today? Is there something I need to check in on? Is there something that I can even pray for? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just, just. And the reason why is because if there's a parting, there's a, you know, there's a connecting. And so now I've got something that I can remember, you know, about that person's day that I can check in on. And like I said, it seems rote, but a lot of times the couple's been waiting for that, you know, like, yeah, let me tell you something that's big that's going to happen today. You know, I'm, if I'm a nurse, you know, I'm going to have this hectic schedule or something. So, you know, the that would be the first one and then reunions that would be at the end of that day and i would say you know if in the morning you've got a 10 minute you know check in you know um in the evening i would say that's a little a little bit longer where i'm i'm talking about you know what happened with that moment that we even talked about maybe the children something going on with the house or work but actually you know making a point of saying this is what happened during my day and it's it's weird but we can go through dinner and talk about the kids like you said the kids is sports the kids is whatever but not talk about our own days so you know that those are two big ones um the third thing that i i often talk with people about and i and i had someone you know, that I saw many, many moons ago that um, did this the most amazing thing that their um, spouse was in this high stress job and uh, drove a motorcycle uh, to work, you know, of making it a more high stress. But every evening she would put a note on his motorcycle. Every evening, you know, and of course he, he looked forward to it and then yeah. would figure out you know, a way to reciprocate with a text or something like that. And we just call that just plain old appreciation. If you, um, I don't know, you know, maybe like Jill, maybe I'm just, you know, talking to myself, but a lot of times the times you're texting your spouse is when it's a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Not just a, Hey, how are you? Love you. You're right. It's usually when there's a problem. Right. Right. And so I'm like, so you're making a point of of at least once a day, you know, how's your day going? You know, um, I miss you. Can't can't wait till you get home. I have things to tell you about, you know, just connecting, right? Mm-hmm. So those those three things. And then affection, okay, huge, right? We have to make be intentional. And some of us don't like to be touched and some of us love to be cuddled and so for those that are not huge in this we got to remember it's important to 
to touch that isn't that isn't always exactly leading to sex, mm-hmm. right? But to to you know to I don't know even put your arm around somebody you know sit closer to them definitely you know kissing. Um, in fact, there's statistics out there that that couples that that kiss often and well, not just your you know your obligatory kiss, you know are are most connected. You know, so that's an important thing to remember if like, especially if you're the non-toucher, you know, to go out of my way to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a hug and I'm going to hold it a little longer than I'm comfortable. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Got it. Right. Okay. Right. And um, then the fifth thing is to figure out how to intentionally have like, um, some kind of a, a meal or a moment together. And if um, watching a, a movie works, you know, for you and you don't feel like you need to talk, um, I would say overall you need to talk. So, you know, e- even if you're um, some couples, you know, especially our younger couples, our Gen Zs, our millennials, they're they're all about, you know, Netflix and everything and, you know, and in some sort of media. So, you know, um, if that's how you like to connect, then spend some time talking about the movie or, you know, going a little deeper about maybe the plot or, you know, what it meant to you or what it reminded you of. But um, something that's playful, not just the lists that you got done. I I remember with my husband and I, when we had our marriage drama um, and thinking back on our communication patterns, we would just talk about the lists. Mm-hmm. Did your kid get, you know, did, did you get, get your kid to this? Did they, do they, do they need something? Is there something wrong with the house? You know, do you need to get a worker? You know, and that seems like it makes sense, but it really gets really rote. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is that making sense to you? Yes, it does. Yeah. Lights and a bit like things in life do get in the way, right? There's. <laughs> and they're important, right? And they're important. It's not that they're not important. I'm saying, you know, because I'm sure there's somebody out there going, well, what are you going to do with all that? You know, you, the toilet's broken or mm-hmm. something. You know, yeah, of course, you have to have time for that. But you have to have time to put a little playfulness back in the relationship because that sometimes is what leaves, you know, that ability to appreciate and laugh and, you know, have an activity together. And most people, at least most people that I see as a, as a marriage therapist are constantly saying, well, um, you know, that should come natural. And I'm like, well, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Because we're human, it just doesn't. And so it's important to remember, you know, to put these small things, you know, back into your relationship. And if you've got a conflict, right? Of course, you may have a conflict. That's okay that you talk about that. It's just do that at a different time. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got that morning time where you're connecting and you're maybe having a, you know, a hug and you're talking about, you know, what's happening during each hour's days. And then you have that moment during the day where you 
connect and, you know, you show a little appreciation that that person's still with you and alive and <laughs> connected to you. And then to remember that when you do see them, to have a little affection, you know, of some uh, some type, whatever's, you know, comfortable for, you know, you know, the both of you and then the checking in in the evening. And um, I've had couples that call that one uh, the two chairs. And the reason is, is for that is to make this potentially a different place than you do life. If everybody's running in, you know, when you're in the kitchen or something like that, it may not be the best place for you to stay focused on each other. Mm -hmm. Right? Makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, is there a room or, um, you know, uh, a, a place, a patio, uh, a something where it gets to be a habit where we go out there, whatever time it is, and check in and connect, you know, and we're not talking forever. We're talking, you know, what they say for an excellent relationship is 20 minutes a day. Excellent relationship, 20 minutes a day. That means those of us that are struggling, we're doing less than that. Wow. Right? So, and of course, that time needs to be without mm -hmm. phones and computers and watches and iPads. And I often say, do your best to have it be without kids and and this this is why they need to see that you two are making your relationship a priority if you want to teach a child you know show them so when they watch you put putting each other first you know um they're learning how to be good uh couple and they're learning how to be a good mom and dad and you haven't said a word, True. right? So a lot of people say, yeah, tell my two-year-old that, my three-year-old that. I'm like, no, you tell them. Distract them for 10 minutes with something. And you let them know, you know, that mommy and daddy, you know, need to have this time together to connect and that it's a priority and that we've made each other a priority. Yep. Aww. And I know a lot of people never saw that themselves, you know, as kids. So I think it's really important when we talk about this to say, hey, you know, you you set the example. It doesn't matter how old your kids are. You can start at any time. Set an example for them to understand that I'm making this a priority. Not only would the person you're dealing with understand that, but the rest of the people in the family will as well. Yeah. Oh, you got to do that. That's interesting because for someone like me who this is the hard part, I've always been single, right? So I have two kids and now if I go out on a date, my kids are really upset. Well, the older one who's eight, the six-year-old is like, fine, has a good time with the babysitter. The older one, why do you leave me? It's not fair. It's not right. And he gets angry because it's only been just us, the three of us. So, you know, I've never prioritized time for anyone besides them. So <laughs> starting right. later in the game, trying to do that is not easy because then... I feel bad for my son. I do, you know, when I go out for a few hours, I feel like I'm hurting him, which 
psychologically I I know I'm not but I feel like I am because he's crying he's upset so it's how do you handle that I mean you still have to make the time but how do you there's only so much I could say to say it's okay mommy needs her time and it's mommy's you like hanging out with your friends I'm allowed to hang out with my friends but it just seems it doesn't work (laughs) it hasn't worked yet maybe right 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 so you know in that case you know getting to the bottom you know uh your child's clearly scared of something like that potentially, you know, that, you know, if you've had a loss of a divorce and I don't, I don't know. No, that that's, no, never had, never was like, married. Did they so. have a lot. They have a loss of another parent. Well, or another- no, I had the first one all by myself. So he doesn't have a father. And then, uh, the second one who came in my life and the, my, the, my friend is kind of like a father to him. So he sees him as a male figure role model, but we were never together. So when he sees him every now and then, which is, you know, like once a week or so, which is good. But so yeah. he has like a male type of role model. That's like a dad, but yeah. he's never had. So like, it's really like me, him and his brother. So it's kind of, I don't yeah. know how that works with him. Also the fact that, yeah, <laughs> it's, a lot yeah, it's of- good. Yeah, I I would say, you know, that it it really feels to me that like, you know, what you're what you're touching on is I'm afraid that you're going to leave me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that rather than it's an inclusive thing, we're bringing more people in. It's more fun when we have more people, like you said, with that, you know, male figure, you know, they're that they bring things to the table. You know, mommy stays and they come versus, you know. I get separated and now I'm not with you. That's, that's what you need to shore up. You know, when kids are afraid, really afraid, because it's most of the time, a hundred percent about them. That's how their brain works. You know, um, that I'm going to lose you to this person rather than this person can make enjoyment, you know, better. So including them in the process is usually a huge factor. Obviously, they can't go on the date with him. But All including- the time, but they should yeah. be. That's, yeah, that's what I also have to, you know, express to the person I'm dating that, you know, we need to do Dave and Busters. We need to do movies. Yes. We need to do fun stuff yes. with them so they yes. don't feel excluded. Yes. Yes. Because because when you're dating a single mom or a single dad, you're dating the family. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, you know, it will feel super abandonment, uh, you know, to uh, – um, a child that thinks they're going to lose that, you know, other parent to this, to this person. So, you know, I, I, my, that's my biggest thing is, you know, possibly do date nights with your children, mm-hmm. you know, so that they know that they get a special time with you as well. This person gets special time with you and they get a special time with you. And then also, like I said, in that case, I think I would be super inclusive you know, of the process just because of their age, Yeah, you know, they're a little bit, you know, teenager, they'll understand it a little more, you know, uh, younger, you know, it probably doesn't phase them as much, you know, you're hitting that upper grade school, junior high. And that's, that is the age where, you know, they get, they don't have the full understanding of what's happening. So Got it. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think that that's a very real thing. And, um, I get it, you know, um, and it's happening to a lot of people out there, but I would, again, I always tell people, think of it as inclusive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Well, it all, to be honest with you, it makes me not want to date because it's hard to find someone that's understanding of those things. And everyone says it's okay, it's okay. And then, like, I'm like, hey, I'm a single mom. I don't have much time to give, and uh, my family comes first. My children come first. I come first. So there's not much time for you. I'm going to be honest. And then, oh, it's okay, it's okay. And then after a few months, it's like, wow, you really have no time for me. And I'm like. Okay, would it, I've told you this. I, it's not that I never yeah. put I put it out there right away. And to be honest, and then it's like, wow, you really don't have time. I said, yeah. I don't. And no offense, yeah. I, my, I come first and then my kids. It has to be. So if someone wants to come in and be number, let's see, one, two, three, four, it's not an easy feat. No, no one wants to be someone's number four. And it doesn't sound nice, but I try to be very realistic about it where yeah. that's the kind of the chain of command. And... So I I, I feel like I don't have to give in a relationship, but people always try and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they don't get it. So it leaves me frustrated, but it leaves me just wanting to be single, (laughs) which is not a bad thing for now. I'm raising my kids, but. And, you know, there are the seasons, Jill. There 100% are the seasons. Um, Like I said, when your kids get a little teenagers, they will have a little more understanding, you know, of what's of what's happening. But. Um, because eventually this person won't be number four, you yeah, know, exactly. That, you know, they will need to be, you know, Bumped number up two. to number two. Yeah. Yay, that's <laughs> possible. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so then the, if, if the kids are inclusive in the process, you know, if we keep doing um, uh, some broadcasts, we should talk about step parenting as some amazing material. We have amazing material on the website on that um, because it's a real thing you know, and you know what that looks like and, and how you do date well and or try to date well, you can never, you know, I'll guess kids, but, um, and, you know, what that process looks like, because it's important, yeah. you know, it's hard. I hear you. <laughs> well, thank well, you for listening. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, thanks for yeah. being here. We're out of time. What the I know. I know. <sighs> All right, but, Diane. Uh, remind us of how we can reach out to you and what states, what countries, worldwide. Yes. yes. Well, yes. I mean, I am a, a, a licensed uh, counselor, but I'm in the state of uh, South Carolina. So, you know, you would need to be in my state to be able to see me. However, there's a lot of mental health material online and podcasts Um um, on social media and definitely on our website that may be of help to you. So we would love to share that with you. Perfect. Thank you so much. Oh. All right. You have a thefamilycollective.co. I'm going to go. I got it. Thank you so much. You have a fantastic day. Okay. We'll talk Thanks. later. Thank you. Bye bye, hon. Bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. It's Thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Start it off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed...
could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.